Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. Our guests have spent the last 18 years both in the NCAA and the NBA focused on athletic training and sports medicine. Today, we welcome the assistant athletic trainer for the Miami Heat, Wes Brown, to the program. Brett, thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have this conversation with you today. You know, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? No, I'm originally from Jacksonville, North Carolina. It's a Marine town. Uh, my parents were not military. Uh, their parents were, and they settled there, and they met and, and fell in love, and then had uh, four of us. Uh, I'm the second oldest. Um, Jacksonville is a great place. I love to get back whenever I can. Uh, I went to school up the street at UNC Wilmington, about 45 minutes away. I wanted to stay uh, close to family. Um, you know, grew up doing most of the things kids do, um, running around, playing with friends. Uh, spent a lot of time with my mom, uh, doing things with her when she was alive. Um, and, you know, my sisters still live there in uh, the home that my father had uh, for all of us. And so a lot of family still reside there in Jacksonville, North Carolina, as a matter of fact. That's nice when you find the time to get back and see them. Right, right. But, you know, with my schedule and the way things have been for me, working sports so many years, uh, it's, it's very rare I get a chance to go back, unfortunately. So, you know, where did you first grow your passion for sports? You know, I've always loved sports. I was a weekend warrior. I wasn't involved in any organized teams when I was, when I was growing up. Um, I usually was just doing whatever my friends did on weekends, wherever they were at, whatever field or court they were at, I was at with them and we were just playing, have fun, uh, doing those sort. Of and when did you decide, you know, in life that you wanted to work with athletes, making sure they're in shape, prepared, you know, advised physically? Well, I had an accident. I was working at a job in college to help put myself through, slipped in a walk-in freezer, tore my meniscus. I had a friend at that point in time who was in the athletic training program at UNC Wilmington. And I don't know what she said to the head athletic trainer there, but it's not a normal thing, but they allowed me to come in and do some of my rehab there in the training room. Well, normally that's just for athletes to come and do things, not regular students. And I came in, you know, they worked with me. I really love the environment. I love what they did with me. I love seeing what they did for these athletes. And they had me hooked from there. And leaving UNC Wilmington, you know, why Old Dominion for your master's at the time? Well, I applied to about three places. And in terms of what I was going to be offered and the curriculum, Old Dominion was the best fit. Um, Old Dominion offered me the opportunity to not be on campus, but to be off campus and work at an HBCU and have my own sport, as well as working with all the other sports. Really had a great interview with the head athlete trainer at that point there, uh, Mitch Callis, he's no longer there. I had a great time learning from him and covering my own sport. I'd done some of that undergrad, but now the stakes were higher, obviously, since I was now certified. And the educational program at Old Dominion was second to none. I loved uh, the way the program was set up. Bonnie Van Lunen's the program director there. I think Bonnie's still there. Um, I had the option to do a, a research project. I didn't want to do the full write-up, um, but you know, I also 
was lucky enough to attend there with one of my classmates from UNC Wilmington. So we both went there and were, were classmates and roommates. Um, but the experience I had there was, was really, really top notch. And how did that better prepare you for maybe some of the roles after school we're going to get into? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, the, the communication with coaches took on a different level. As an undergrad student, we had a route, it was called the internship route, where we were basically almost like staff members, not being paid, but just getting hours and gaining experience, being able to fail at things and then learn from those mistakes, getting to try the things that you learned in class. We had a lot of freedom. But when there were issues or when decisions needed to be made that were above us, our head athletic trainer, assistant athletic trainer would step in and we'd have conferences with them. Now, at the graduate level, as a graduate assistant, it's just you. So you're the one having to give the answers. You're the one having to find the solutions when the coach has a question or when a coach wants to do something specific with the athletes. Um, that prepared me for the next role once I finally uh, graduated and was lucky enough to be able to go back uh, to UNC Wilmington. So we're talking 2002 at this point. How did that opportunity at UNC Wilmington come about? Well, they were solidifying the program. They're moving from the internship route to the accredited route. And with doing that, there was a position that needed to exist called a clinical coordinator. That person would be the person responsible for ensuring all the students were assigned to different clinical rotations so that they could get all the competencies met and all the coverage that they would need to be able to then sit for the exam. I was lucky enough to interview for that before I graduated and, and get that job. And I came back as the clinical coordinator. I'll uh, be honest with you, I did not enjoy that a whole lot when I first got back there because that was a position where it's mainly only educational and there was no coverage of sports. That's what I really loved, interacting with the athletes, caring for them. So unfortunately, after that first year, my head athletic trainer and one of the assistant athletic trainers both left to go do pharmaceutical sales. And I was lucky enough to be able to slide into one of their positions to then start working sports again. I also was still able to continue teaching. So I, I really enjoyed uh, that joint position. Yeah. And I mean, how did it feel just contributing at your alma mater, you know, for that matter? Man, when you've had a good experience at a place, you definitely want to go back. So I enjoyed the opportunity to, to get back there and interact with those coaches that I've had growing relationships with prior to, to leaving, uh, even some of the athletes that were still there after my short uh, two years away. And you involved into more of a sports medicine director role when you were there? So my third year there, uh, the person who was in the interim role left, and I was lucky enough to be granted the opportunity to have that job for three years, yes. And if you look back at this point in your career, is there anything that you would have done differently? You know, I would have read a lot more. I would have read a lot more on uh, leadership. Uh, I don't think I was the, I'll be honest, with you, I don't think I was the best leader at that point in my career. I think I was too young to effectively lead and I wasn't actively uh, researching the, the best methods uh, to operate as a leader. You know, I was a sort of a, I wasn't sort of, I was a, a my way or the highway kind of guy. I thought everyone wanted to do things the way I did it. And that was not the case. You got to understand people have different motivations. They have different needs. They have different wants. They have different career goals. Uh, so I don't think I was the best leader. I would have, I would definitely have dove more into like the John Maxwell books uh, where he talks about leadership and empowerment and those sort of things to enable myself to be a, a much better leader for those people that uh, were underneath me. 
And then at that point, you transitioned down to South Florida, right? And that you've been for some time now uh, working for the University of Miami. How did that opportunity come about? I was at a wedding. I was at a wedding and uh, a former coach that worked at UNC Wilmington when I was a student was at this wedding. He had coached at University of Texas with Frank Haith, who was a coach at University of Miami at that point. And he told me there potentially was going to be an opening for the athletic training job working men's basketball with him. And he saw my eyes light up and he was like, are you interested in that? I said, heck yeah, I'm interested. You know, it's ACC basketball. It's, you know, one of the best basketball conferences in the country. Yeah, I, I'd love an opportunity if it were to be available to me. So I was able to, you know, get on the phone with, with Coach Haith and get on the phone with Scott McGonigal, the head athletic trainer at that point at University of Miami. And I was lucky enough to come down for an interview and the rest is history. And joining a larger program, as you mentioned, right, ACC being one of the bigger conferences in sports, let alone college basketball, what would you say was the biggest transition from previous opportunities? Mm, I would say the urgency, a lot more urgency. Now, because you are dealing with a lot more media coverage, you are dealing with a different type of athlete. Um, a lot of my guys at UNC Wilmington were not one and done guys. At the ACC level, some of your guys have the potential to be those sort of guys. So the urgency and the way you have to handle situations is drastically different. Things that you can maybe wait out don't necessarily get weighted out now. Uh, the way in which you need to go about treating people um, has a lot more urgency and there may be more steps involved uh, as those uh, individuals have other things that might be going on that you may not see. And, you know, how would you say you've enjoyed it just being in South Florida as a whole so far? You know what? I really don't like the cold. When I was in North Carolina, winter was not one of my favorite seasons. Neither was spring until it got warm. Um, so I'm okay being away from the cold. You know, I still get my doses of cold traveling to the cold states. And when people ask me, well, man, you're in Florida all the time. It doesn't snow. There. Don't you miss snow? The answer is quickly, no, I do not miss snow. I don't need snow or cold or to wear winter coats. I... I just don't subscribe to that. I'm, you know, I'm a, a person that likes to be warm. So this is perfect for me. Uh, I love the weather. Oh, it's warm year round here. You know, I've, I, uh, my streak is still going since I've been here. Uh, it's always been warm enough on Christmas day that you can have the option of wearing shorts. I think that's, that's really neat when you're looking at people dealing with the snow and blizzards and things, all the other places. I mean, that might be fun to play in the snow, but I, I, I have no, it, no wantingness to do that. Um, you know, there are just so many beautiful places that you can go to outdoors here because the weather is always so nice. That makes it great as well. Lots of parks, especially where I live up here, lots of parks and, and green space with which to, to go out and enjoy. So it, it's been wonderful for me being down here in South Florida. So, you know, during, you know, during your time at the U or maybe more recently, who would you say has had the biggest impact on your career maybe at that point? Hmm. I would have to name a person that's not necessarily down here. A person that had, I would say, probably, probably the greatest impact for me would be Joe Sharp. He's the head athletic trainer at Charlotte Hornets. I happened to meet Joe when I was at UNC Wilmington. The Charlotte Hornets were doing their preseason camp at UNC Wilmington. Oh, cool. Michael Jordan, part owner, has a home there. I may still have it there in Landfall, which is the golf community there in Wilmington. So that connection brought them down there to do preseason camp, having to meet him and his staff. And, you know, I was picking his brain. Getting to the NBA was always my goal. Once I decided that basketball was where I was going to go and not football, 
I said, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, let me try to work towards trying to get to the highest level possible because that's my aspiration. So I picked his brain when he was there and asked him about certain things I could do to make myself a stronger candidate should one of these jobs open up. And every one of those things he told me to do, I did. I still consult with him today uh, about things and ideas on how to further better myself. So he, he had a great impact because without the advice from him, I wouldn't have probably done those things that allowed me to be able to get this job today. Yeah, and before we get into the MBA here, what would you say was one of your bigger success stories while you're at the U? Hmm. Hmm. You know, one of the things that I think was great for us was I think in 2013, I think we won the ACC championship there. Um, you know, Miami isn't usually looked at as a basketball powerhouse, but that year, things just aligned great. We had a we had an opportunity to keep our guys very healthy that season because of the things that we were doing there. Uh, we had some older guys that had undergone some things earlier on in their careers, injury-wise, and overcome that to uh, stay available and come back. I mean, we, we had guys that had extra years that were added on because they got from medical hardships that were still with us that came on and played great. You know, that was a really great experience. I think we advanced to Sweet 16 that year. Um, I, I honestly believe had one of our guys not gotten hurt, one of our major uh, guys, we would have had potential to maybe even make it to Elite Eight or even beyond that. But that year was really fun. I, 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 uh, I enjoyed the work uh, the most during that season. I think we really did a great job of keeping guys available, myself and the students that were assigned to me. Yeah, I guess the last thing I would ask from a college front is knowing some of the challenges you have now, or maybe it's more of the limitations of, of what you have in travel. You know, what do you think the experience is like for someone in your role right now, but maybe stuck in Indiana or, or stuck in like a certain bubble during tournament time and not getting the entire experience? Well, you know, the thing is, we have to look at it like this. Hopefully, we'll start getting back to some normalcy after this year, whatever that looks like. It may never look the same. Maybe it'll get back to being the same. The thing you have to do is you have to uh, think about the things that you enjoy and have those available to you when you're away from dealing with your team. You know, when we were in the bubble, that was one of the key things, you know, I... I, I, I read, you know, I went out and exercised. I talked to my family a lot and friends a lot because you, you had a lot of downtime. You know, you, you weren't playing games every day, but those game days, everything was structured. So it, it actually made things a little easier than it is now because you have less choices, less things you got to deal with. Um, it can be hard. I, I can understand that, especially um, mentally and emotionally, you know, it's, it's a different thing for you to be separated and locked away, so to speak. But it allows you to dive deep into uh, those things you love. It allows you to get some closeness with your team because it's you there together, all going through the same thing. And I, I would just say to those people, you know, just stay the course, um, control what you can control, do things to get your mind off of just being stuck there because I know for us there were other things to do you know we were able to fish we were able to go ride bikes we were able to go golf you know because they had uh, the opportunity to go do those things um, just sitting down in, in your team rooms socially distanced but talking and playing games and things like that those sort of things will help get you through 
So now, more recently, right, for the last seven years, you've been a key part of the Miami Heat roster, you know, you know, working with them from an athletic training standpoint with the team. You know, how did this opportunity first come about? Well, my podiatrist at the University of Miami is actually this podiatrist for the Miami Heat. So one day he brought me over to the Heat, had me meet my current boss, Jay Sable. I stayed in contact with Jay, never got an opportunity to really get over here because they were always in Eastern Conference finals and championships and, you know, Things never worked out. Summer uh, coverage of college basketball involves two months of work. So it, it was just, it never worked out. Come to the summer where there's speculation LeBron might leave. I actually got an opportunity to finally come over and talk shop with Jay. And we had a very long lengthy conversation about, you know, what it is that I do, what he does over there, ideas, shared some ideas. And LeBron leaves. One of the athletic trainers on staff who's still with him leaves with him. Uh, also, another position opened, the physical therapist director rehab also opened up. So opportunity opened for two positions. One for my coworker now, uh, Brandon Gilliam, who's the director of rehab and the position that LeBron's athletic trainer held. And uh, I was lucky enough to be uh, granted an interview. Uh, came back, talked with Jay a little bit, met with uh, the people here and was lucky enough to be selected to be uh, assistant athletic trainer here now. It was great. I didn't, I didn't have to move at all <laughs> to, 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 to reach the goal. No, that's exciting, especially in sports, right? You never know if your next opportunity is going to be in the same market or not. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, without sharing too much secret sauce, you know, what is your normal day? Like, what does your personal routine look like? Okay. For me, um, now with things the way they are, um, most mornings that are game day mornings, which we have those coming fast and furious, I actually get to drop my son off at school. Uh, sorry, not sorry, non-game days. I get to drop my son off at school and see him out the door. I also have a 11-month-old daughter who you know I get to spend some time with until I have to go in later on in the afternoon. Uh, go in later in the afternoon, get our guys in after they get tested, obviously. Uh, get those guys treated and then out the door and, and home to dinner. Game days were there a little earlier. You know, we have our shoot-arounds in the morning. Uh, they go away. You know, I handle whatever things I need to handle. I'm also responsible for packing and ordering. So a lot of that time, if a trip's coming up, I'll deal with those issues. Uh, what other ever issues that need to be taken care of or whatever things I want to do. Some of that time will be spent working out or studying. And then those guys come back later in the afternoon to get prepared for the game. And then we have the game, take care of those guys after the games and go home. And it's sort of rinse, lather, repeat. And now that you've been out of more of the bubble situation, right? And you're able to kind of be at home and see the family and, and just, you know, have somewhat of a normal routine. Have mm -hmm. you been able to kind of still work on your personal care and, and yourself, you know, transitioning back into that? Well, you know, being at home with the family is part of the personal care because seeing, you know, my little ones and seeing my wife, you know, obviously that brings you joy. You know, you love being around your family and that's part of my uh, self-care is spending time with them. Yeah, I get a chance to work out at work and even work out here. Neighborhood's great for taking a run. You know, we have some, some weights here. Obviously, the pandemic has, has shifted people's focus to having more stuff at home, just in case you're not able to go out and have uh, the opportunity to work out at a gym or a workout facility. So we have some stuff here that I'm able to, you know, get the job done with. Um, and then as far as, you know, uh, personal growth, we, we were always doing that. We are required as an athletic trainer to do that, to keep our certification. But, you know, there's always a willingness to want to learn and better yourself anyway that all of us have uh, as athletic trainers. So that's always being done. 
And, you know, the great thing about our place too is, you know, our, our coaching staff, especially Coach Spolster, they, they pride themselves on having a certain culture. And a lot of things that they, one of the things that they do, that they do is, you know, a lot of times we get books and there are a lot of books that we have to read to, to uh, try to gain those lessons from them and then integrate them into how we operate, you know, as a staff uh, in the organization. That's great. And how, you know, speaking of the staff, you know, how have you enjoyed working in both the organization and the MBA so far? You know what? This was always the dream. And it's been just that, you know, you have to look at things uh, as they are and things are great. You know, if, 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 if someone were to ask me, well, what is a, a negative that you deal with? Well, there, there aren't really any negatives. Like if you wanted to be at this level, then you know what you're getting into. And I knew it was going to be long hours. I knew there'd be time away from my family. I uh, knew it would be high pressure and it's been all of those things. And it's also fun, you know, every day presents a new opportunity and a new challenge. And that's what keeps you motivated. That's what keeps you learning, keeps you wanting to get better and trying to find those solutions makes it a very interesting job. I would say if there's anything that's, I don't know, it's really, it's really a negative. It's just sort of a, a a deal that you have to deal with as far as the job is, you know, you, you do take time away from your family when you go on those road trips and, and being at work for, for games, but you know, you also get to enjoy that with them as well and talk about that with them, you know, later on the next day, you know, it's kind of cool for my son to say, Oh, dad, we saw you on TV. You know, they're able to share in the fun with me uh, through and that means. And, um, you know, you talk about, you know, high pressure, right. But with that comes high reward, you know, how did it feel last year to reach the finals after starting the season somewhat under the radar as a team? I think that that experience is one that I was hoping to get, you know, that's what we talk about. That's why you do this. You do it to try and hopefully get to the finals and have an opportunity to win a championship. And for it to come at year seven, I would have lost money on that bet. And not only come at year seven, but to come during this particular set of events, I, I am I'm beside myself with, 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 with the, the joy of having that experience so early, I think early, uh, early in my career. It's something that you, know, you enjoy getting a taste of and you obviously want more <laughs> you know, moving forward. I, one of the best experiences I've had since I've been an athletic trainer working sports, one of the best, hands down. Not, not the most ideal, but definitely one of the best. Right, I mean, next time you want your family to be there and you want to close it out. Right, and you want to, and you want to be in front of fans. Right. And have that environment, you know. It's, it's different playing with no fans in the arena and just having the sound, and having the people there in picture, but not physically there screaming and yelling. Yeah, you don't have the guy right behind you, you know, tapping on you to throw him out someone's towel. The after right. oh, oh man, oh crazy! <laughs> I can I can imagine it. Tell me your tell me your shoes. Give me get your armband. Oh yeah, you you miss that sort of stuff. I you know I like the environments where they're hostile to you. I like it. I like when they're yelling crap at you because if you win, then you shut them up. Right. And and oftentimes you know there's a there's a show of respect. Uh, hey, you guys were better than us today. We 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 appreciate your effort for this. You know, uh, forty eight minutes. Right, and the team definitely earned respect last year. That's for sure. Yes, they did. Yeah. So outside of work, you know, what do you most look forward to in the off season? Oh man, spending time with the fam. Spending time with the fam. You know, I'm one of those guys that likes to learn too. So I look forward to opportunities to go away and do some continuing education as well. But spending time with the fam, fam and friends, 
those are the main two things. And last thing I would ask you today is, you know, if you can give someone advice getting into the athletic training space or, you know, the grind of working in sports, you know, what advice would Wes Brown give them? Uh, always have a passion to keep learning because um, that's the only way you're going to get better. Um, understand what you're getting into. You know, there are a lot of people that think that professional sports is what they want to do. It's very glamorous, the highest level. That's what I want to do. I get told that multiple times a month through LinkedIn or DMs and Instagram or what have you. A lot of people think it's very glamorous, but there's a lot that comes with it. A lot of responsibility, a lot of time away, a lot of pressure, um, a lot of demands. You know, people need to be sure that this is what they truly want to do because you'd hate to get uh, to a position like this and then be miserable because those things that you didn't think about now become negatives for you and, and you're not enjoying it. I know every day when I roll in there, I'm enjoying. Right. You got to stay on the path and stay positive and enjoy the successes when they come. You know, that's, that's the key thing to it. You know, you're going to have some successes. You're going to have some failures, but that's just part of the ride. You're not going to, you're not going to win it all every single year, but the pursuit of that is what makes it rewarding. Well, that's great. I really appreciate you coming today. Give Absolutely. Brett, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis. See you next time.